Hello, Michael Worth here, and welcome to episode 32 of the All Walks of Art podcast. I'm really glad you're with us on today's show. Paul and I discuss, well, we enjoy, I guess we're not really going to discuss it, but we enjoy an IPA from Christian Moorline Brewery of Cincinnati. We chat about music, art, and film because that's what we do here. We discuss some on this day in history, and we talk about a little bit more, whatever pops into our little brains. But first, let me introduce the man with a plan, the maestro of the bass, and the roamer of hardware store aisles and the stalls of waste. Please welcome to the show, Paul Ramey. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Are you going to put in some applause, some canned yeah, applause? Yeah, that would there? be good. That'd be Actually, awesome. yeah, Make a little bit. Of, yeah, I can. I if can. that just happened, it was real. It wasn't canned. Yeah. We planned this. What's up, Mike? What's <laughs> going right. on? Well, Are we going to talk about uh, the things that's going on in the world right now? I, I don't mean, know. You know, I thought about that a little bit, and uh, part of me says, yeah, we should probably just address the elephant in the room and say... You know, Lucky. everybody, right? My dog. The uh, the coronavirus has really hit pretty hard. I don't really want to dwell on it because I think I think a lot of us need some content away from that because there's so much news right now that right. it's just really bringing us down. And that, that's a little bit of some of the topic for today because I think uh, without talking about the virus itself, I think as creatives, we're I think a lot of us are in a rut because of it it's like it's really got us down even though we're introverted people and we're good at locking ourselves in our studios and you know not being around other people i, I think knowing that the rest of the world's shutting down too kind of makes it a little bit creepy it's going to be interesting to see the uh the art that is made yeah oh you know that comes yeah. out in you know, a month or two right and that, the babies in december well that too <laughs> but but you know it's like uh, climates um be it social, political, or actual weather, yeah. um, geography, it always has an effect on it. Does. On it and I'm it wondering does. what kind of effect this will have on music and visual art and things in general. Yeah. I, I hope I, some photographers yeah. are getting some really good, um, interesting photos of, of these areas that are normally highly populated. But yeah, right. Like I saw one of, um, is it, is it the seven something or the I nine or whatever it is in California? And there's like two cars on it, and it's usually gridlocked wow. all, all the time. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't see that one yet. Cincinnati was pretty desolate in really? a photo I seen uh, just just the other day. So I find that kind of stuff um, interesting, if not inspiring. Um, yeah, yeah. I notice uh, for the listeners, I live close to a, a, a major highway here in Ohio, and um, I'm about 200 feet away from it. It never shuts up. I mean, never. Right. And it's pretty quiet. The occasional trucks that go by, I still get some Jake breaking going on where you can hear them just, you know, it's when pretty they, much they like out. Easter morning everywhere around. You got a few people getting some stuff, but right. it's not a lot. Of, <laughs> right. There's not a lot of traffic. Right. Yeah. Um, let's crack open these beers. Cause I, I know that you're not going to, you're like going to drink this one. This. Ain't you? You're going to drink mine too, aren't you? Most likely. Okay. Yes. So just, just. This is give, a very cool can though. Take whatever you want. Christian Moorline. It's take a what you want. Cincinnati based brewery. Uh, for those of you listening at home and uh, hopefully not in your car uh, and you're drinking along with us, this, uh, this Christian Moorline is a really good uh, brewery in Cincinnati. I, I like this beer. It's a, I'm not a huge IPA fan, but third wave IPA. It's a, uh, it's, oh, a, it's a nice hoppy this beer. Be it's not real piney. It doesn't have a lot of pine flavor to it, but it's very citric uh, based. Uh, nice, nice color. It really does have a nice color. And 
Um, you know, obviously we're not a we're not a craft beer podcast, but oh man, that smells like beer. I mean, that's I like, mean it's real beer. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like I've I uh, that's hoppy, right? I, I mean, that's the hoppy. Is that a yeah, very hoppy. I pre-gamed one before you got here, Paul, because mm, I just I had to <laughs> I had to had to test it out for myself. Comes in a big pack too. You hadn't yeah. had this one before today. I I have not. This is the first time I've had it. Uh, I we were my wife and I went on a big journey to the grocery store. We decided to raid, go in town and raid the aisles, and because um, we're not preppers, we're not people who actually put a lot of stuff away and. Right. Uh, we're like, crap, we probably better get some stuff because we normally buy everything on uh, Amazon. And then I stop after work, uh, which is usually around midnight each night. And I'll stop and get cheese and eggs and the stuff that spoils that Amazon won't deliver here. I don't think, why does cheese go bad? Because I think cheese doesn't go bad. They It, it doesn't they really. They got a store of it in some cave in yeah. Colorado or something. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it really, it, it'll grow mold, but I mean, it technically... It's, it's penicillin. Yeah, so right, there you right. go. You're, but nonetheless, we, uh, you know, for the stuff I can't get from Amazon, we, I stop after work, but the hours of our local grocery stores have changed. Yeah. Which means now I have to go during the day and I don't want to do it before I go to work Monday through Friday because we're, we're still working. Ah, oh, uh, he doesn't like it. What, what would you say? It's a copper color. Wouldn't you say maybe a little lighter than copper? Slightly, yeah. It depends on how light hits it. Yeah, it's uh, it's got nice lacing on my glass. It does look really good. I mean, it's got a it's got a really nice aroma. For those of you who like for those of you, <laughs> I've only had one. For those of you who like IPAs, I th- I think this would be a good one for you. Sixty five IBUs and six point two percent alcohol by volume. So it's like it. it's a nice little sweet spot. It's not quite seven seven percent like a lot of IPAs are West Coast style. This is more of a I think it's a very drinkable IPA, honestly. I give I, it a, you know, a four out of five yuck mouse. What is a yuck mouse? <laughs> mouth. Don't you remember yuck mouth? Oh, yuck mouth. The old mouth. commercials and they had them, they had them stickers that you could buy and you'd put them on different uh, things so your kids wouldn't get into them. It's no. like, it was like a green kind of, I'm, I'm making a face here, but this is not TV. It's radio. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. You're, you're getting in there. You know, you know, it's, it it's, just kind of looks like a, Evil yuck. Cabbage Patch Kid face, kind of. Oh, okay, like bitter beer like, face. Duh, duh, yuck mouth, and they I had know. a whole song that went with yeah, it. And then you get these little round that. stickers, and you teach your kids that, and you put it on like bleach. That way, they know not to eat that. Oh, oh, okay, I, I get it now. I see. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think it's that. It's not that kind of a beer. I like it. Yeah, well, it's not for everyone. I get that, and I am everyone. Yeah, right, because it's not for me. So what we got, Mike, on this day in history, I do want to bring this up right away because, you know, it's kind of interesting. And if I knew this prior to recording, I would have tried to get a different beer. Geffen Records signs Guns N' Roses. Wow. Yeah. Sweet child of mine. What do you you think about that? That's their their band that had, you know, their debut album was incredible. They had the EP. Then they had the um, the, uh, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. It took forever to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't a big fan of that one, honestly. Well, I think it could have been one record. They could have took all the mm-hmm. the best song, maybe mm-hmm. and made one record. But I liked. I remember coming coming back. I lived uh, out of town about uh, thirty five, forty minutes away, and I remember coming back in town at midnight to uh, pick up that 
pick up that double really? cassette. You know? Really? Yeah. I mean, but, and then they had, I mean, I like Chinese Democracy, but to me, that's not a Guns N' Roses record. No. That's kind of an Axl Rose record. It's great. Right. I love it. I think it's an awesome rock record. But so you got a band that's a Hall of Fame band, mm-hmm. but really they've only put out, you know, three albums. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but you also have to do the look at the spinoffs too, like Velvet Revolver. Do you? We're I talking about Guns N' Roses we, being a Hall of Fame band. I think they're are. a Hall of Fame band, but I think it's odd that that they're a hall, you know, they changed, they changed rock and roll. They changed they music. Did. You know, they, they did. In the, I mean, we lived it. We lived the eighties. Right. And, uh, contrary to a lot of people's belief, we're generation X. We're not millennials. We're not Y. we're not boomers. We're starting to look like boomers. I get it. Um, but we lived through the eighties and I remember everything was so pop. Right. And annoying. Yeah, I mean, it really was. you, there were some interesting things coming out, but then, then the hair metal got insane. Right. Right. It was like, but even think their first video, I think for either a sweet child of mine or welcome to the jungle. I can't remember offhand, but I mean, Axel's hair is teased all the way out, you know, but, but they brought that whole biker look and, and back to the, yeah, it was a little bit more raw. Yeah. A little more edgy. I remember driving around. I had a '79 Pinto in those days. It was a General Lee orange. Oh, so yeah. for those of you who remember uh, Dukes of Hazard, it was about that color of orange. I called it the General Pee Wee, and uh, it was a, it was a lame little car for somebody in high school. But um, you know, just dropping that cassette in there, driving around, listening to it, it was fun. I had I enjoyed a, it. I had a version that a buddy dubbed for me, and it was missing Rocket Queen. So I didn't even know that was on the record oh, for really? years. Why and was it missing? Is it the tape wasn't long enough? Apparently, or he oh, just didn't okay. get oh, it on okay. there. I, it wasn't. It wasn't like put out for or cut right because it was a dud. It was. He had taped it for me. Oh, I get know? it. Yeah, back and in the days when we still back when we were doing yeah. tapes all the time. And yeah. I still got sacks and sacks of stuff that I recorded off the radio and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but I remember being in a bar, and I was probably seventeen, and. It was on the jukebox and it was, I was like, wow, this is some new, you know, import or something. I've never heard this song. <laughs> I loved it. It's like appetite for destruction. Really? There's not a, there's not a, there wasn't anything a, like it. And there's not a bad song on the, on the record. No, no. That's hard to do. It? That is hard to do. I think you got that uh-huh. and you got Crowbot's mother brain. Yes. That's the only two albums yeah. I can think of offhand that there's not one song that you have to fast forward over. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of, to for for our listeners there in in the late 80s mid to late 80s there was a lot of um very glamorous rock music it was big hair it was big sound it was big everything big everything, everything had to be big right you know and white snake was huge um help me here there was uh doc and really yeah, didn't poison cinderella yeah a lot of bands, you know, I still love Cinderella. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Bon Jovi, of course. Yeah. You know, some of the bigger ones that, that were touring and, and playing and, arenas. <laughs> I got to bring this up because I make fun of Nickelback a lot. And Poison became our Nickelback from those days. Right. I mean, it was kind of, you know, but we all listened to it. So. Um, they were my one of my least faves, but they got a. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. They I got just, a couple of good songs. I seen them in concert uh, once and they were great. I mean. I got to give it to him. 
Yeah. Wasn't not really my thing. They were always a little I loved Winger. Um, <laughs> really? Uh, oh yeah. Winger was my first CD I ever had. I had already had it. Well, on, probably because on... Kip played bass, right? I just loved it. I loved the band. The band was really? awesome. And those guys, you know, Red Beach and, and Kip both played with Alice Cooper. Alice don't have slouches in right. his band. Right. And Rod Morgenstein was a hell of a Incredible drummer. Dixie Dregs. Yeah. And yeah. Paul Taylor. I'm surprised you knew that. And that's, that's impressive, Paul. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. You are. And, uh, but those guys are really good. And I, I think that if they hadn't focused so much on Kip's sex appeal, mm-hmm. I don't think that people would, yeah, it would have been just crinkle their nose at them right. as much, but you know, that's part of the. That was part of their art. Yeah, and part in of those them. days, in those days, the band—if the band could bring hot girls to the show, dudes would show up to the show. That's just the way it was. Right. I mean, that was that was kind of the marketing scheme. If you don't want to be as seen, sexist and, as that sounds, and I you're know. not, if you're not out to to sell yourself, then you don't have to. You can be like Maynard and, from Tool, and you can sing behind a sheet and be weird all night and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that <laughs> right right you don't have to put yourself out there so i don't really consider it selling out i just consider it they did everything they could to reach as many people as possible and here we are talking about it so yeah right right so that brings me to the second this day in history that i want to share yes uh, that i think is a Captain little me. more closer to home for you oh, fran sheehan the american rock bassist from boston you know the more than a feeling kind of guy Born in Boston, Massachusetts. Fran Sheehan. I wonder if he's in relation to Billy. Is it I don't know. The same? I've never it, put it that is spelled the same. He's 71 years old today, so happy birthday he to was a good bassist. Fran Sheehan. Yeah, very much so. Um, he sang harmony too, didn't he? Didn't they all sing? I believe, yes. Yeah, they all kind of had a, a part in that. I still drive down the road listening to Boston thinking, what happened to this kind of music? Where is it today? You know, I don't know. It, it maybe it's just me. They had some prog elements. They definitely. did. They did. I wasn't a huge fan of uh, ELO, but they kind of had the same right vibe. They were definitely on 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 the same tapestry somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're really barreling through what we're talking about here. Awesome. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about music, art, and film as a general. Just have fun today because. Uh, I've been personally, I've been a little bit down, um, didn't even get today's podcast planned until recently, like very recently, like on your way here <laughs> recently. <laughs> so I put stuff out last night. I was sitting around going, you know, I had a banger of a headache and I was like, Oh shit, what are we going to talk about today? I don't really have the motivation, Right. I wrote about it a little bit on my blog post this weekend, and, and it was even late. I mean, it was like late in the evening, probably around 9, 10 o'clock p.m. And I just sat around thinking to myself, why am I having such a hard time creating right now? Why why is this, you know, again, I don't want to dwell on the pandemic right now. I really don't, because I think there's a lot of artists out there who just... I think we see the news and it brings us down and maybe that's my problem, but it's, it's like, you know, I, we still don't have time. You and I we're we're for those listening. We're still working. We still have a job. We still go to it every day and we are essential personnel. We are. It's a little scary because, you know, we're, we're doing the, you know, we wipe things down and, um, 
but there's, you know, 1500, 2000 employees there every day. And that's, that's almost 10% of the total population of our town. That's crazy. Ain't it? it is it crazy. Could get, it could get wild pretty quick. It could be an epicenter for a real problem here. And, and Chillicothe actually holds a pretty negative history for these types of things. Really? Yeah. The, uh, a little bit of history lesson here that, uh, the camp Sherman from mm-hmm. world war one was a major training camp for troops. So in the, uh, 1917 to 1920 era, Chillicothe rose from, I don't know what the actual population was then. I want to say it was around 12,000, maybe 10, but it grew to like 60,000. And in our, our local lore, you know, the, the people like to say Blood Alley is really kind of a, just a scary place. Blood Alley is next door to the longest running theater west of the Alleghenies, the Majestic Theater. What's an Allegheny? The mountains here. We have, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so it was turned into a morgue because the bodies were just coming in so fast. Because again, there were people coming in to be trained to go to World War One, so that the town exploded. But these people were coming from all over the place to be trained. And before the military started quarantining people, they were getting sick. And then the townspeople were getting sick uh, because these troops were bringing it into town when they, when they come in to get something to eat or right. be on leave or furlough, whatever you or want to call it. people working. Yeah, 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 yeah. To- yeah, my great-grandmother was a, uh, a cook out there. See. So she was back and forth. And my grandfather on my other side of the family was actually a troop out there. So yeah, he, uh, big generational gap there in my family, but make a long story short, they turned the stage into an embalming area and the, uh, barn across the street from on its second street, but the barn across the street was a place where they could store bodies preparing to put them in the embalming process and, and put them in caskets and things. And the, uh, my great grandmother told me once that the, the bodies were stacked up like cordwood, right. And they were just compressing on each other. So bodily fluids were just flowing. Right. right? And then when the embalmer would, you know, embalm these bodies and do something with the blood. Right. So he'd take the blood and he'd throw it out in the alley. Right there, the little side door right next to the stage. Yep. And uh, basically toss it out there. So that don't seem sanitary. It does not. But it was, you know, 1917, 1918. And here we are. I'm not comparing that we're at the same level of, of troops for World War One and things like that. But there's a lot of people still working. Right. And we're carrying this stuff around. I mean, you're here. I took a little bit of heat from a couple people online that, you know, you guys should probably do this, you know, <laughs> remotely. Uh, I get that. There's only a couple of us here. You don't live with a lot of people either. And, uh, we work at the same right. factory. If we've got it, we've got it. You know, um, I'm type O anyway. So they say that I'm good, but I don't, I don't want to, like I said, I don't really want to get into Corona virus that much. You know, I just, it's such a terrible thing right now. The numbers are just, it, every time I see the numbers, I sit and do the math. I'm one of those geeks that I go, well, okay, we're trending in here. We're, here's the graph. I do have a graph, by the way. I know my computer. I'm tracking it. Right. And right now we're tracking as bad as Italy. 
Uh, we're well, we just, got our six we're foot thing in days. part two about, yeah, like, yeah, about five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're we're taking precautions. I got I got some stuff here to to do some stuff, and uh, I, I think alcohol drowns everything out anyway. But uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, has it affected you in any way? Is it as it really in terms of creativity? I should say. Hmm. It's affected my planning for creativity, I think, a little bit. Your routine and your schedule? Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, we got to, it's affected my, it's affected my art and the fact that all my gigs got canceled. So. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, affected my pocketbook. I lost a lot of money in the last two weeks, you know, wow. so. Um, and I lost the opportunity to uh, play in front of some new people. We had some, yeah. some gigs that were both, you know, really different, playing with some different bands and, um. That, that kind of sucks. But, you know, we got together and had rehearsal yesterday. Uh, we stayed six feet apart, but it's not like we, it's not like we were coming from all over either. And we made the decision that, hey, it's just, it's just us. I mean, I didn't consider that reckless or anything, but yeah. we had, before this got more serious, we considered throwing kind of a little rehearsal party and having about 10 people over mm-hmm. just to hang out. But um, as things progressed throughout the week it uh, it turned out to have a you know be in poor taste i think so we just decided not to do that yeah we don't and for everyone listening right now a lot of a lot of the country is experiencing a lot of cases we don't ross county hasn't really experienced that yet i don't know if it's testing or what right. it is and, and all that but i mean uh, we we can only do what we can do really i mean right. it's it's not just a flu like some people like to call it. I still I, have, I take I still have to go to the store and I still have to conduct business right now. So, yeah. Um, and I don't cook. That's really how this whole thing's affected me. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't cook at all ever for any reason. Um, ever. So I really wasn't prepared for right. everything, but I got some, you know, I got some microwavables and I got some stuff to get me through. If, yeah. If it gets a little worse and I have to be sequestered, uh, even further, but luckily the drive-throughs and stuff has stayed open, so I have been able to still <laughs> eat. But yeah, I just don't cook. I just it's just not a thing that yeah, I enjoy. Yeah, this this all of this really brought a lot to my my thought process as an artist. When I sell a painting, I have to actually see people. Yeah, it has to go in a gallery. People have to see it. You know, you you just need people, right? And. I know I can put it online. I know I can take artwork and say, Hey, it's for sale, but then I got to ship it. I still got to go out and do my thing. And if this gets so bad where they quarantine us where we can't be on the roads, you know, then it'll affect me even more than you'll today. You'll have to get a drone and you'll have to <laughs> carry your painting by <laughs> yeah, drone. Yeah. yeah. But it made me think, uh, things most likely will change when this is over. This, I mean, our, our grandparents were, um, you know, depression era people. And I know my grandparents specifically, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday that, uh, they, they weren't hoarders, but they, they prepped. Right. There's a difference there. And I think that's important that people understand that. Yeah. They, they put stuff together and they said, okay, I'm going to keep these canned goods on shelves in the basement. I'm going to keep this, these dry goods available because we can make stuff with it. And I mean, I, I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of this, but it made me got, it made me start to think a little bit about digital art and digital painting. You know, we can, as artists, 
visual artists uh, like myself, what's wrong with actually creating a painting and selling the digital version of it to everyone around the world? And nobody ever touches it. It stays digital. Right. And I've always been intrigued by digital painting. And I want to ask you, do you think there is a huge difference between an oil painting on canvas or anything done physically like on paper or canvas compared to something digital? Let me qualify this a minute for a second too. It's, I'm not talking about taking something and applying a Photoshop filter and saying it's your art. That's, that's not where I'm going with this. There's, there's really talented artists out there who create their own digital brushes. They work on like Wacom tablets, uh, Wacom Cintiq uh, displays, and, they, and other companies too. I'm just familiar with the Wacoms. But they create artwork that is actually done by hand, but there's no, technically there's no original. The original's digital. Do you think, and I need to ask this because this is something I struggle with quite a lot. Do you think it's still fine art or is it consumer art? Well, fine art is consumer art, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see the, the distinction there, but I'll tell you, it's like, let me compare it like this. I'm, I can program a drum, so I got a good sense of rhythm and and I've always been good at programming. I cannot play drums. It's different for me to have a drummer come over and play the drums than it is for me to program it. Yeah, I've come up with a great beat and I know what I want, but I for me personally, I don't consider that, you know, I'm definitely not a drummer. Um I'm a musician. It's a little it's a little bit different. I think that the skills, I think it's a different skill set, um, painting a, 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 a fine art picture than mm-hmm. it is using a digital pad and so on and so forth. But just because you can paint fine art doesn't mean you can use digital to do something. And just because you can use digital don't mean you can paint, obviously. Right, right. Um, I, I think my knee-jerk reaction is to say that it's not as valid. But I think when you really look into it, it, it is. It is just as valid. You're creating and you're doing something that takes skill. But the difference is if you make a mistake, um, it's like it's like the difference between playing live and, and, and recording. If I make a mistake in a recording, I can overdub that. I can fix that. If I'm live, I can't. I'm, it's a different... It, it's not necessarily, I think, more valid than something else, but it's definitely different. And with digital art, you can try different things. You can try mm-hmm. different colors. Mm-hmm. You can try moving things. You can move the whole perspective. You can do mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. You cannot do that with if you're creating something from scratch with a a, a pen and ink or mm-hmm. a brush. You have to commit. And I think that's just a yeah, whole different no, mindset. Yeah. And if I, you mess it up, yeah. it's a whole skill to try to disguise that yes. or to try to fix it or... Mm-hmm. Make it a happy little tree right there. Right, you right. know? Yeah. Does You're, that make uh, sense? It does. What made me think of that, there's no undo. You know, you, you can't control Z right. that. You know, you can't uh, command or control Z command for those of us who are Mac users. But um, it's, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at a stalemate with it. 
I love it. I want to be able to really embrace it. And say, have this you been working be on that? I know last year you've shown me some stuff you were doing. You yeah. were starting to get into. What do you, what yeah. do you think? It's not for me yet. It's not something I want to do. I think an iPad Pro with a pencil would be fun to sketch with, uh, and get ideas with, maybe play with. Um, I think of it more of a more as a a, a way to think out ideas more than anything else. I love Technology. digital art. I, I, love I do it. too. And I'm I love not, album yeah, covers yeah. to use it. I think it's, it has I its think place. it's incredible. Yeah. I Conceptual art, um, design work for movies, you know, uh, anything where they want to create something, you know, and that doesn't exist yet. I well, think it's the most efficient way to do it. That's, that's a good example right there. So, how awesome would it be to sit down with somebody that worked on the Ten Commandments and and did those backdrops and did all that? Oh, the movie. Okay, I thought you meant like the actual <laughs> tablets. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. No, Charlton Heston. You know the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And you think about those. These they didn't have special. Their special effects back then was all practical. Yeah. They they did backdrops. Artists did that. Artists painted that with their hands. Yeah. And now fast forward and we watch Star Wars and we got things that don't exist and they're shooting laser beams and they're doing it and it's beautiful and it's incredible. I I think it's just as cool and it's just as valid, but it's totally they are at opposite ends of the of the art scale. Not not one being better than the other necessarily, but you think of the hours and the time that went mm-hmm. into it and the like you said, there is no undo. Right, on that, and they're right, making right. these lifelike pieces, or the original Star Wars, and making the the miniatures and the detail that went into it. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. That's sculpting and yeah. and craftsmanship. I think it's just, I don't know. I it'd be inter- after I'm dead. I, I think it will be interesting to look at. I think the fact that all this has come around while I've, you know, I it, it came into existence after I did. It'd be different for people that was born into it. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I remember the the difference between uh, digital photography and film photography. And, you know, the original Star Wars movies, you mentioned, you know, some of the, the movies and things, they were done on film. And the practicals had to be done. Matte painting had to be done using glass uh and they would they would mat paint everything around it like Cloud City was right. basically painted and everything you see moving was an area of the actual glass painting let me explain this the they would paint on glass so you could see behind it so they could run the film behind it and refilm it again so that you had basically a, a look of this expansive space that they just could not make because they were on film, not digital. Today we can map paint digitally and create anything we want, right. you know. And consider that skill. Yeah. You're painting on glass as yeah, opposed yeah. to painting on canvas or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, what was that movie? Uh, Dracula. No, that's not it. But that's a, good, that's a good example of a modern movie that was made all using practical effects from from effects that were able to be duplicated at that time. Yeah. It, you know, with the, the movie set in 19, 
09 or something like that, I think, or 19, something like that. Maybe it's earlier than that, but all the effects, all the effects were um, stuff that could have been done back in that time. Yeah. All the fire. Yeah, right, was, right. You're talking about the original, like. Uh, I'm talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula that, that Francis Ford Coppola did back in 92. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that all was the impressive, actually. Yeah, yeah. So they used that was his thing. All the effects that he used in the movie were stuff that could have been done at the time period that the movie was set in. Yeah, yeah. Because the camera, the moving camera, had just kind of come about. Right. Some other things, and yeah. I mean the art, the artistry that went into doing practical effects. Now you don't look at a at a guy behind a computer that's doing all this crazy stuff that like in Game of Thrones and the making the dragons, right, you don't right. look at him as less of an artist, but it's, it's just different. It's, it's different, but buying a, buying a dresser that some guy made in his garage out of raw wood than it is going to Menards and picking one up to come out of the factory. There's just, <laughs> yeah. there's a difference there. There's yeah. something different. And I think that at least for me and for you, it's, it's hard. We fight against, trying to say, well, this is better. It's like, it's like, well, this guy's a yeah. making electronic music or, you know, I like some, I like some, I, I fight with my, my music brothers because I like electronic music and there's yeah. talent and there's musicianship to go into some of this. Yeah. They, they, are yeah, doing they had this. to have an ear for something. Yes. But people, when, when our generation is gone and it's just people that were just, that's always had this, I don't think they'll look at it as being different like we do. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Does that make sense? It it does. Um, because today in photography, uh, when you put film in your camera, it's kind of a trendy thing, you know. Right. Uh, whereas it was the only way to do it before. Well, you experienced that. You were there for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing it more with the painting, too. I mean, I, I really am intrigued by digital painting. I just don't know where it fits in my... Um, Ability to make money. Well, there's, you know? there, it's going to be just like with music. Now that you can, back when, when we talked about Guns N' Roses earlier, back when my buddy would dub a tape for me, and we did that, we never looked at that as as ripping the band off. I, you know, bands did that all the time. They would trade tapes. That yeah. that was the thing. But that yeah. was because that tape you had was not the same exact thing. The sound quality wasn't there. Right. It sounded a little worse. Right. You didn't have the liner notes. You didn't have all that. Yeah, the now, tapes, tapes didn't last very long either. Not they really. really. Oh, I always bought the high quality. There were some Sony ones that were real nice. I yeah. got some that will still play now. And I mean, oh, we're really? talking yeah. 35 years. But, um, and some of them suck. Some of those TDKs just fell apart. But now you got, I can download the liner notes. M most people are not dinosaurs like me that want to have the physical CD. So you're buying <laughs> MP3s. I share an MP3. It's the same thing. If you, I've been guilty. I was guilty of it in the MySpace days. And I didn't even think about it until a, a photographer friend of mine and fellow bass player, Tim Kruskamp, uh, hit me up and he was like, Hey, you know, you guys are using a photograph on MySpace because each one of your songs, you can have like a different kind of cool picture show up. Yeah, and we had one. I can't remember who put it on there. It was it wasn't me. I don't think it was somebody else. That was we were all kind of running the website at the time, 
And it was a really cool photo. And he was like, I know the person that took that picture. Did you get permission to do that? And I, it just never occurred to me that yeah. I had stolen that art. Yeah. And we had put that up there. And I was like, well, no. And it's like, well, she's pretty cool. If you ask her, I'm sure she'd let you. But, yeah. you know, you probably, uh, it just never even occurred to me. Well, you know, that's, I got to interrupt here. Because that that's kind of a, to me, that's a relatively a new thing. It, it's almost like, and I'm going to piss off a lot of photographers here for a second. There's a lot of photographers out there that think if their image gets put out there and nobody knows about it, they get a little bit butthurt about it. And they think that they, they're, they deserve more recognition. Okay. I get it. I do. But the fact that somebody took your art and was inspired enough to use it to share what they're doing to give a visual of what they're doing is a compliment in and of itself. I'm, I'm not it saying is. that you can't take something from a photographer and say, I'm just going to use this for my own. That's not where I'm going with this. What I'm saying is, what are you really out? What kind of money are you really out? The copyright laws are in place so that corporations don't abuse your talent. Right. It's got nothing to do with the local band down the street saying, they want to share a photo that you took of them. And you're not really out any money because they're not really making any money. But you should get credit, I think. Yeah, I had you, that you up there. I didn't yeah, even know who it was. I, I know, but you can't you can't eat a credit, right? And I, I take a lot of heat from some of my contemporaries that I don't watermark my shit. I might put copyright Michael Worth on it if I do a photo. And yes, I like the recognition for it. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, you're going to have to callous up enough and say, as a photographer, sometimes people just don't know the rules. People don't understand right. what, they what, they're, what they should be doing. And should they really? Because they're trying to promote their band. Well, I think that's all. Like, this person didn't contact me and, and act a fool. Yeah, you know, Tim just, was just kind of educating me. So, But I get what you're saying there. It would have been different if they had hit me up and been like, like, uh, you know, what the hell are you doing? How, how, how dare you yeah, steal my art? But yeah. there but, are people like that though. But here's another thing. What if somebody's using, um, what if somebody, what if they didn't like my band? What if they didn't like our content? What if it was against their beliefs? Uh, something that we had, I don't want my, I don't want my songs being played advertising certain businesses or commercials. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I can see copyright does come in handy there. We talked about this when we were doing your, uh, your album cover uh, a while back the road. And a lot of what I'm doing there is protecting you and me. Right. If somebody decides they're going to take that image and use it for a, uh, a billboard, you know, maybe, uh, Pfizer uses it to brag about how, you know, uh, you, you how can, hard you can you, get. Yeah. You can get out, <laughs> you can get out on your motorcycle and be a man for a minute. And they take that picture and it's a good picture. It is. It is. But they, they put it funny. out, you know, and they, they do that. Well, I can go after them for the monetary loss. Uh, and there's a $150,000 copyright infringement on that as well. Oh, and I they do. Right. And that's the thing. It'd let's be like, hey, it. guys, let's get together. And let's do a little show after the coronavirus is over. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll party it up. But the, the bottom line is I didn't do it for other people. I did it for you. Right. And that is how artists need to work. They they need to not be so 
butt hurt. I, I can't think of any other word. But I think it goes to show at least the mentality for digital art, which is the same as the mentality for MP3s, is we use that. I, I like using me as an example because I was guilty of it and we did it. We used an image. It was not ours. It it was just, it was on the internet. So that meant it was free. That meant it was for me to use. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, right. that's which, just. For those listening, it is not. And I'm somebody. <laughs> mean it's free. I'm somebody that should know better. I mean, of course, this was, I was in my 20s. This was, this was all starting. This yeah. was all new. Everybody's in their 20s at some time. But, you know, but I knew better than to go into the library and say, oh, that's a cool picture and take it and walk out of the, the library with it. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's a mentality thing. It's a, you know, a respect. I didn't respect that because it was on the internet yeah. and I could do with it what I want. If I want to put that on a t-shirt, I can yeah. take that and put that on a t-shirt. I guess we're talking about two different things, really, if you think about it. I'm talking about, you know, people share it socially. But you ask how you're going to make money on it, and I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. Why we both got the hiccups? Uh, I, I don't know. It's, if, uh, it's going to be hard <laughs> to make money off digital art, um, because yeah, once it's yeah, out there, it's I can, there, I can make it, my yeah. own copies of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that to me is the efficiency of it in a negative way, because... I don't know that selling prints is viable for anybody who's not famous. I see, but I think that it could be. I think that's where the money is because people don't want to go and or have the paper to make good quality prints. I think if you've got some digital art and you want to make prints of it and send people to have, I think that there is money to be made there. I think you make your money or if you got cool frames or other stuff, it's like, yeah. it's a way to, it's like when you sell your CD, it's like you're not selling that two dollar or yeah. that fifty cent piece of plastic. You're selling that's what that's the physical medium that you're giving that to them. But you're charging ten dollars for that. It it it's the the three thousand dollars of studio time. It's the photographer. It's the person that put it together. Yeah. It's all that. And I think you got to find ways of yeah. You're selling you're you're selling a frame or you're selling a a particular type of print and you're sending that and that's what you're that's what they're buying but you're using your art as a way to sell that stuff yes and i i think you can do that but people's not going to buy a i i mean they'll spend 99 cents for a screensaver or something that's cool i think you can maybe get some yeah, money there yeah, but maybe. if they got it then and they think that's cool they're going to send it to 10 of their friends but right. if they get a cool print that comes yeah, in the mail yeah. They might, well, see, they this, might buy that. This is where I think a lot of visual artists like myself are not really monetizing correctly. Instead of trying to make a painting, selling it digitally, for me personally, I think the Wacom Cintiq tablet or the Intuos little tablets that we use on, on the side, I think those are great tools for us to create something by hand that doesn't look like it was produced in a computer mm -hmm. and we can use that to our advantage. Imagine taking a photo of one of your paintings, putting it on Photoshop and then just kind of doing a little test. Like, what would this do? What would that look like? Maybe I put a little tree over here. Maybe I can put a, another glass over here, whatever, whatever right. it is you're doing, you know, you can kind of mess with composition. That's a tool. If I decide I'm going to take a lot of my artwork and drop it into a book, an ebook, 
And now you have to buy the book to get the art, not just get the art. Okay. Maybe you do a book that says, here's an image I did. It's digital. The, the painting itself is oil, right? It was done traditionally. And I put it out there and I say, I say, uh, you know, this is what I did. This is when I did it. Uh, here's some behind the scenes kind of stuff. Maybe some extra pictures, some photos, whatever that's showing your process. But then in another version of that, you do some digital work on it to show where you think you could have done better. You know, maybe circle something. Say, this ain't quite right. This isn't what I wanted to do. It's a book that basically explains how you could have done a better job. You critiquing yourself to say, here's, here's something for you guys to look at. So now you're doing everything digital. That's to me, that's where the Wacom tablet really comes into play because now it's a tool. Or you can put some stuff out there and see what everybody, what would you add to this? Yeah. It's a collaborative thing to see what people's, uh, it's again, it's conceptual. It's something I can use to do something. I don't know. I don't know that I'm really quite ready to say I'm going to do a painting in, in Photoshop or Corel draw or any of these other, uh, software things that people use. The same thing goes for, uh, uh, an iPad. I may not do something to be a completed piece of work and then try to sell it, but I may include it in a book. Right. And that's where I think for me and other traditional artists, we're missing the boat on what digital can be for us. We need to take advantage of it. Right. We really need to jump in there and at least learn it so that we can use it to our advantage. I don't know. Um, I'd really love to know what our listeners think on that too, but it's a touchy subject. I, I think we're at the same era digitally as what people were back in the day when, when we went from paintings to photography and from uh, live performances to just uh, sharing our, our performances live on the internet. You know, there's a lot of that going on right now. Mm-hmm. Dropkick Murphy's just did a, a big concert um, on um, St. Patrick's Day uh, where there was nobody in the audience, but they were basically playing live so you could watch them play and party at home, I guess, uh, because of the virus. Yeah, we've been talking about doing some of that Facebook Live. Gouger did that two weeks ago. Yeah, I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why a lot of local bands aren't already doing it. I, I think every local band should probably have a YouTube channel and they're putting stuff out there so people can see what they're doing i mean it's hard i know that it's not easy to get that audio quality that you want people to hear right and, along with the video and stuff and because videos come pretty far in advance and it's uh it's still hard to get a good quality audio along with the it is video um i don't know man there's just there's so much out there just so much and maybe the the amount of content the amount of creativity, everything, I mean, everything we have at our fingertips is just overwhelming to some extent. Maybe now that we're all locked up in our homes, it's like, what do I do? I got too much shit. You know, I got, I got too much to play with. Yeah. You know, I do it. I mean, people listening at home uh, probably don't realize this is a small space. We talk about this every now and again, but you know, when I paint, there's a certain setup for the room. When I do these podcasts, there's a certain setup for the room. Uh, when I just sit in here and write, there's a certain setup. It, it's not a big space. I would love to have a big space to do it all, all the time and have people over and do shows and 
you know, just party and have a great time, but that's not possible. It's hard for me to film in here. I really want to make YouTube videos, but I need about eight hours a week to do one. Right. Even a five minute video takes, for me, it takes a minimum four hours, but to do one that I like to do would be about eight. I don't have that kind of time. I got to put eight hours into a painting this week, you know, and are you, and, you have know, you been working on anything? No, working on that? no, not lately. <laughs> and that, you just struck a chord there because it's like, you know, we, we do these podcasts. I'm going to have, after we're done, probably three hours in edit and preparation for, uh, upload and scheduling the podcast for this coming Thursday. We're recording on sat on Sunday and you know, it's just, it's just the way it goes. So this, I'll tell you what really burns me up. And I, I, I know we're kind of getting a little bit off topic here, but what grinds your gears, Mike, what grinds my gears is the fact that when I get home from work, I'm mentally and physically exhausted. And that's the only time I really have to work on paintings. I typically try to put in three hours a night. So I go to bed around three or four in the morning. I get home. I just don't feel like it. You know, I get tired. I'm getting old. I'm 47 yeah. years old. I'll be 48 soon. I'm, I'm tired of 60, 80 hour work weeks. And we just had this discussion the other day, a couple of us that, you know, why don't you just go do that? I got to make a lot of fucking money to make this kind of living as an artist. And it's really difficult. And now people will go, well, of course it's difficult, but there's people doing it. Right. But you know, I'm just going to put it out there. I wrote on my blog post about it. I need to make about $400,000 in revenue just to make about what I make at work. That's insane. Right. And it, it all depends on how much I give to a gallery, how much I have to pay in materials and you know, all these things. And I, I, I have a pretty yeah, good handle clarify, on it. You're not like, you're not making huge money. Yeah. If I, I sell said. a $20,000 painting, I'm right. not getting 20 grand. Right. You know, I'm getting about 26% of that. And you know, to, to somebody looking at that, they're going, holy fuck, that guy makes a lot of money on a painting. No, he doesn't. Right. You know, it might, might honestly, I know people are making about 10%. When's the last so. time you took some time off and just, you know, did something? Hmm. Glad you said that. I think that's where your rut's at. I, I'm glad, glad you said I think it. you need to, you need to, you need to disassociate yourself from everything for a few days. You need to go out and experience nature. Yeah. experience life. Yeah. And still Nature's, work, still make art. Right. It's not a break from art because that's, that's the one thing I really want to get across to people. Everybody says, you know, take a break, take a break. Now an artist can't really take a break. An artist needs to reflect. Yep. An artist needs to get away from their shit for a minute and make something else. You can't, you can't <laughs> go around people right now. You just need to go out in the woods. Just, yeah. yeah. Know, and I'm surrounded you know, by 9,000 right. acres. So why not? Take um, a couple days. And just let your, let your head fucking reset. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. For me, it's about getting the numbers out of my head because it really, it defeats me before I start. Right. It really does. I look at the numbers and go, there's no way. Just keep going to work. Keep making them trucks. Keep doing your thing. Right. You know, it's just what you do. It's, it's, it's how we make a living, you know, and, and really, you know, and I know in the, in the United States anyway, I'm not alone here. There's a lot of other creatives who are saying, man, I really wish I could do this, but healthcare is just too expensive. I can't afford it. But you know, they're charging $500 for a, a pillow that they have to bring to you. Right. You know, and 
And now that the medical field is actually having to buy overpriced masks for their employees, they're starting to see what it means to actually have price gouging that they have to expenditure. But of course, they're going to pass it on to the patients anyway. But but hopefully this will spurn some change. uh, Yeah, I hope it does. I hope it does. I don't know. I I think we're, uh, there's 7 billion people on the planet right now. And too many. it, It is. But we're just going to have to learn to get better at doing what we do. And uh, I, I really don't want this to be a, uh, an episode that people go back and listen to and go, oh, man, they're so depressing, you know, because I don't want it to be depressing. If you're a digital artist, I want you to work on digital art. Do the thing that you like to do. If you're a musician, make, make music. Uh, if you're a filmmaker, make films. You know, do the things that are important to you. Maybe in light of what's going on around us, maybe we do something that impacts that. You know, document it. Because I'm telling you, 100 years from now, people are going to look at this and go, what happened? Right. So if we're documenting it, we're going to give them something to look at. Hopefully, they won't repeat what we're doing. Hopefully, this won't get that bad. Um, try to live a normal life, you know, man, to get out there and make art. So I, I don't really have the words today. I don't. It's, this has been a, a really difficult last couple of weeks for me. <laughs> I would like time off. I don't know that I'm going to be able to make anything. Because I got to be honest, when I come home from work now, I just, I turn on Netflix. Well, I, I, it's hard for me not to watch TV. W- with our schedules, and we got similar schedules, it's, and we've talked about this before, and I think a lot, most most of us, our, our sweet spot, our creative sweet spot is between, you know, nine o'clock at night and three in the morning. Right. And I just don't have that. I don't have it in me You're when right. that happens. Right. You know, somewhere, somewhere around in there, I've gotten to a, a thing where I'm. I feel most creative, usually between nine and twelve, and that's when when I was yeah. on day shift. That's usually when I created my art. Um, it's harder now. It just is. I'm just not. I cannot force myself and say, all right, tomorrow I'm going to be inspired and I'm going to do this and that. I can't get out. Yeah, there's others. There's it. others that can't. Some people yeah. can do that. I'm not one of. Yeah. So, I just. You know, I do it when, when it yep. hits me, but it, it, there are times when you have to, you, at the same time, you have to allow yourself some time that, well, maybe inspiration hit. You've got to sit down there and get your pain out and sit there and look at it and, you know, sit there with your base and think, all right, well, okay, <laughs> I, I had some time here. What am I going to do? And sometimes you're surprised. Yeah. Sometimes, and yeah. sometimes you just sit there and you're like, well, this ain't working. So, well, I can't, so. I can't tell you how many times. This week, well, we I, I stopped you at the plant. It's like, are we still doing this? And I was late in the week. Usually, by the time I talk to you at the plant, usually I already have kind of an idea what we're going to right. talk about. And this week, I just didn't. And even last night, um, I was watching that new show called Hunters. Oh, me too. I How love far that show. Are you? I was going to bring it up. I'm about five episodes uh, in. we're pretty close i think i'm at six yeah i made the mistake of falling asleep and then the 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 tv somehow kicked on it was really bizarre this morning i fell asleep on the couch watching it so this morning another episode kicked on late late in the episode oh, and you so saw i saw I, I watched the whole episode too i watched, i was like oh, i shouldn't have done that but <laughs> i know what's about to happen 
And I, so I got to watch all which is okay. It's very Tarantino-esque. In it? it is very Tarantino-esque, yes. Um, so I'm watching that thinking, and literally about three o'clock in the morning, I was almost, I was going to text you and say, just, just forget it. Let's not do the episode because I'm, I'm, I got a, like I said, a banger of a headache, really wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually on Saturday nights like to have all, all this set up so that when we walk in here, it's like, it's ready for us. Right. You know, not me setting up on your way here. And, uh, I, I had beer for it. Wasn't thrilled about it. Not, not that I'm not thrilled about Christian Morline. So if anybody from Christian Morline's listening, don't think for a second this was a second. I'm not thrilled about it. The d- decision. I, I just it's cool can though. I, I really wanted to. I, I'm one of these people who like to research a lot, and Kroger is not the place I want to pick up beer. Right. right. You know, it's just kind of like eh, it's whatever. You know. And you know, even today, I was real close, man. About ten o'clock this morning, when I was watching that episode, thinking. Ah, oh, this fucking sucks, man. I'm dragging ass and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Look, at the end of the day, this is probably going to get, this is going to get uh, worse before it gets better. We're going to be more isolated. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have some time. We have to try as creatives. We have the, a unique, um, a unique opportunity to take advantage of that to create something. We are, this is what we've been training for our whole yeah. lives. Yep. We have to use this to our advantage as best as we can. But at the same time, we're also reflections of what's going on around us. So if you can't get yourself motivated because you're stressed about uh, everything that's going on in the world and, and, and you, you can't take advantage of it, well, don't beat yourself up over it, but mm-hmm. at least try to. Try right. to make it worth something. Yeah, don't I, try to beat yourself up. That's not what you're saying. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm going to try to do this week. If 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 I get the time, I'm going to try to finish this solo record. Yeah, I've I have written written another song for it, so I think I'm I'm really close. Just got to get them recorded. Yeah, definitely don't feel guilty about taking time right. off either. I mean, if you if you need a break, take a break. You know, seriously. Um, it, it's okay to just. Maybe you have extra time because of this. Maybe you're at home, you're not working and, and all that. It's it's okay to just, you know. Got kids it, at home now. Exactly. Not Play with there. your kids, you know, do things. Um, But if you have the opportunity and you can, and you can make the opportunity to use that, use yeah. this to, this could be the springboard you've been waiting on to get you jump started on a new, on a new piece of art. Yes, absolutely. This could be what gets you out of the rut. Yeah. I, uh, I drug myself off the couch today ran into the kitchen you look good thank you thank you and uh i decided i'll grab some death wish coffee today because i need something pretty uh, heavy did it work yeah it did I, I put that in there hopped in the shower and i uh, rushed rushed out here to put everything together and when you uh sent me a message saying you were gonna be a little bit late i thought oh good i got i got time to think of something i knew we'd ramble about stuff and things would come out i just knew it because that's that's what we do but it gave me an opportunity to start going through the, the normal processes of, you know, this is what we need to, I, I need to have a, 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 an outline for me to make me feel comfortable mm-hmm. and some knowledge. Cause I, I just can't always throw this off my head and all that. And, you know, uh, my Twitter, I'm sure people have heard it. My, my Twitter notifications have been going crazy. So I, I do have to say my online community is a blessing. I, I love having people, in, in a creative community, just goofing off and having a good time. And we're and, still all connected even yeah, during yeah. this period of unconnection. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So social distance, distancing is probably not a really good word, 
or phrase to use. I think uh, just physical distancing is probably a better, you know, here I am. I'm, well, I think we pretty much covered Corona the whole way through the episode when I didn't really want to dwell on it. But I want to, I, I, the, the biggest thing for me is I really want people to stay positive. You know, and this, this is a dangerous thing. It, it can be bad. It's right. people are dying from it. Um, you know, creative people in general are empathetic to what goes on around them. Like you said, they're, they're just mirrors of what's going on. And, uh, we have the potential to really let this get in our heads and not you know, bring us down. You know, it can really just take us to a place that's dark and we just don't want to make stuff. And for some musicians, that's a great place to be because you can make better music. You know, you're, you're driven by that. It's your motivation and your muse is dark. So right. off you go. Uh, in my case, my muse is kind of bored. She's just sitting back here waiting. And I can tell you that just getting in the studio today and having a few beers, uh, does bring me to a level of, Hey, let's get the paint out. I did buy some lemons. I know that sounds silly, <laughs> but while we was at the grocery store, I bought some lemons cause I just want to throw some lemons up on the, uh, the little shadow box over there oh, that'd be and, cool. and just paint, paint a couple lemons, you know, just something simple. I don't really intend to sell them. It's just get the fucking paint out and make something. Are you going to paint some lemonade too? That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. You yeah, should do that. You I should take should. the same lemons. Yeah. It should be a whole thing and you should post the progress of it. On yeah, the that internet. would be really hard for me because I do so many, my, my paintings take a while and you know, I, I, I gotta be honest. I've never painted anything other than doing work in plain air. I don't really do anything in one day. You know, everything I do is very systematic and, and that is a little bit of a constipation for me too. Be a little bit of a challenge for you though. Yeah, to see yeah. what you can do in a day. Give yourself yeah. one day. Yeah. And then it's done. Yeah. I would love to be able to get to the point where I could take like little four by six panels and have them ready to go. And I just start doing a painting a day that maybe get, that may on, honestly get me out of my rut, you know? So if you're a, a oil painter and you've done that, you know, kick me in the ass and call me out on Twitter, make me do something. So I think that's really all we got today. I, I hope we really in, uh, got into your heads, your ears and made you think, as creatives, you know, listening to our show. And I know we do some things kind of off the wall. We're not technically a fine art show. We're not a musical show. We're not a beer show. You know, we're just all walks of art. A couple of guys getting together like we're sitting in a lounge, having a few drinks, talking about. It is like we're know, in a lounge right now because we'd be the only ones in there. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, th- I think we're... Uh, we're really hitting it. We're a little bit over an hour, so I think we're going to go. I hope you got something out of today's show at home, and I know I did, Paul. I really appreciate you stopping over and all that jazz. So without further ado, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Paul, where can people find you? MGFlash.com, Facebook.com slash Vexton, V-E-X-T-O-N. Awesome. And you can find me at michaelworth.com it's m-i-c-h-a-e-l-w-a-r-t-h dot com thanks for listening head over and give us a review I would love to know what you think of the show share this with your friends I need you guys to share it nobody listens <laughs> that's not true we have quite a few people listening I do appreciate all the people who do listen but uh, the more the merrier if you got anything out of the show share it with your creative friends 
and we will see you on episode 33. Have a good one. Have see a good one. one. Later. Bye. Mine's uh, mine's kind of crazy. Okay, episode thirty-two. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, I like this one. It is cool, and we get that. Uh, that was from one of the uh, <laughs> things in the summertime. We go to. I do that a lot in here. I don't know why that is. Do you, do you not do that until you get in here? It's it's the dog and my cats. My I'm it's it's I'm real bad in my house right now. I think I'm starting to develop a an allergy, a pet allergy. Because I noticed in a lot of our recordings, we're doing that a lot now. Both of us. Everyone thinks we're doing cocaine. Yeah. My eyes are a little red, though. That's something a little, like, irritated right now. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Let's hit it. Oh, wait, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do something. All right. Uh, Let's move around. <laughs> fuck you, Mike. How's that sound? All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. We're ready.